We're joined by some of the gentlemen from the Dead Kids of Derry. Woo! Woohoo! Very some exciting. scary. Some scary shit. So cheeky. So cheeky. You know. James Lamond, how you doing over there, bud? I'm cool, man. I'm cool. Tired. Way tired. But I'm cool. I know you gentlemen just came back with Billy Coyne, the great Billy Coyne, of course. Just came back from uh, a weekend of expo and doing a big expo with the monsters. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a great, you know, every Halloween season needs a good horror convention type deal. Fully agreed. Fully. uh, We need them all over the world. You know, hopefully we we get back, get back to that place where every, every town has their own big horror convention. Uh, Our conventions, uh, a great place to uh, meet people with like minds, enjoy the spooky and the macabre, and uh, have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Absolutely. Stuff. So, you know, Billy, how you doing over there? I'm doing good. I'm trying to stay awake. I am happy to be here. It was a good time at Monster Expo. And, yeah. Let's... Let's. Time's a ticking, Bill. Saying we got to pay him. If we go over an hour, we got to pay him more money. Yes, we got to pay him in prosthetic limbs. That's how it goes. Exactly, an additional six fifty. So let's get this ball rolling. So we got. So James is new to the Halloween uh, extravaganza show. Of course, I am. This is new for me. You know, it's a pleasure to have you. Many more to come. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Of course. And uh, when we have new folks in, we like to kind of pop in and see kind of what their their Halloween life was on the come up. You know, you know, everybody loves a good old Halloween story. You know what I mean? You got any uh, memories that just pop right out of favorite, you know, kosh yeah. for all types of things. But we'll talk, yeah. jump into all types of different deals. Let's see. First off, let's go with your favorite costume. Oh, dude, hands down. My favorite costume. I was eight years old. Yeah. Seven, eight, nine-ish, somewhere in there. We did a were. My mom did a werewolf. And it was my first real experiment with, like, actual hair, liquid latex, like, claws, the fangs, like, the whole the whole makeup getup, like, the whole prosthesis thing. I quickly learned I didn't want to do that. Like that wasn't that wasn't my gig. I was like, no, no, I don't, I don't want to do this. This isn't, this isn't what I want. It's definitely tedious. Uh huh. Yeah. It came out great. I think I got pictures of it somewhere. But yeah, no, it was great. I like my like I even like bought. I got we got a pair of like ripped up my old ripped up Reeboks or some shit. We cut massive holes in the tops and we put like big stumpy like wolf fucking feet in there. It looked awesome. It looked really cool. That's cool. Um, that's definitely my favorite costume of all time because, like, me and my mom like went all out on that. It was really well, cool. It's got that extra sentimental value to it too because you guys made it together. You know what I mean? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Is it still in existence? Does it float around the uh, closet somewhere in the house? A couple of years ago, I think yeah. I saw like a random piece of glued together hair yeah. that I'm convinced was part of it, but several moves and. Everything, uh, I don't think so. Your I, costume, I don't think there's anything left. <laughs> your costume's like the body of Ryan Dunn, unfortunately. They just found that one little patch of hair of it, and uh, that's all that was there. But yeah, I can, basically. I, I, I can always appreciate the homemade costumes. I remember 
You know, you remember, you guys remember the days when the costumes were like the plastic mask and then there was like a pajama bottoms and top type. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. cutting the sides of your face with that plastic. I yeah, yeah, yeah. It. I remember I got an elf one one year and I was so pumped up to wear it. And uh, they, some girl in my class came in rocking a homemade outfit that looked like it came right off the set of Elf. So she mm-hmm. fucking put me to shame like nobody's business. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, homemade costumes where it's at, man. Hell yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, the great thing about homemade costumes, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's it's some some of the, you know, ones that you can buy in the store are pretty cool. But when you're making a homemade costume, it, it just, it, it's so much fun. And you're able to do things that, and the characters that, you know, you're not going to find, you know, in, in I mean, I did, I remember one time, I forget how old I was. My mom made a gingerbread costume for me, and uh-huh. you know, it's and it also is a good you know bonding experience for you know a young kid with their parents to you know build this costume, make this, and you know it it really you know adds more to the uh, creativity side. Absolutely, agreed, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, I remember we I was a pumpkin one year, you know, with an orange trash. You got into into an orange trash bag. And then you filled it up with like leaves or whatever. We use leaves to fluff it up. Yeah, yeah. glorious. Like- you, do you guys remember some of the worst costumes you ever had to wear? Oh yeah, yeah. What are we mm-hmm. talking? I refused to wear a bad costume. Oh really? Well, I can kind of see how you built. I grew up in the hood, Billy. I wore what my mom wanted to do. That was oh, it. Goodness. Well, she's like, "Here's your budget." <laughs> for your costume. Sometimes I got a hundred bucks. Sometimes I had five dollars belly button lint hopes and dreams. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't have the luxury to not wear a bad costume, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh no, my worst costume by fucking far was actually when I was an adult and I got really lazy. And I showed up at a ho at a, at my buddy's well, my friend, she's a female, friend Halloween party. No costume whatsoever. I just walked in, no costume, and I stuck out like a sore fucking thumb because literally everybody else in there went all the fuck out. Yeah. Like, the craziest shit you ever seen because this was like upscale suburban people. Like, yeah. She was well-to-do. She had the full elf outfit, yeah. I know you did. No, about. no, she did some, like, I think she was doing, I think her and her husband were doing Gomez and Morticia that year, and they, like, mm-hmm. like spot on, That's spot on. Look Damn, like I'm trying Morticia. to find my, myself a Morticia. I feel that. <laughs> Hey, hey! I mean, I mean, after after seeing the uh, trailer for Wednesday, I I am at least a physical, um, uh, a physical uh, as 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 uh, Guzman, you know. There you go. <laughs> hey, there you go. There you go. Oh, you no, can be going as all day. You be going as all day. I think Guzman's gonna knock it out of the park. I but, think so, yeah. Wait, I wasn't even done, guys. This is yeah, I, 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 check this out. Okay. okay, I showed up, no costume. Everybody's like in the craziest shit. Gomez and Morticia. I think there was like a full Wizard of Oz thing. Like somebody was a Cowardly Lion, someone was a Tin Man Scarecrow, and these costumes look legit, like spot on. Yeah, I walk up. Everybody asks me, "Where's your costume?" I was like, "I'm wearing my costume." And they're like, "What do you mean you're wearing your costume?" I was like, "I'm a werewolf." I pulled out the werewolf gag again, and they're like, well, "You're not a werewolf. You're just a guy." I was like, "Do you see a full moon out right now?" And they're like. No, I was like, exactly. I ain't changing. I like that. So that was my shittiest costume by a long shot because I just didn't do anything. 
Well, you know what you should have said? You should have said, I'm a homicidal maniac. I look like everybody else. So it does homicidal maniacs. I wanted to go with the werewolf thing because I thought that would actually make people more mad. Yeah, and I, I like the werewolf. It was snarkier. Yeah. You know? Because, like, the I'm a homicidal maniac looked just like everybody else. I was like, oh, Wednesday Adam, it's so funny. You tell them you're a werewolf, and then they're like, do you see a full moon out? No? Mm. Then why would I change? Then you just, like, you made them feel stupid. And then yeah. you. <laughs> and it's I, funny. <laughs> I, I was never allowed to play scary things for Halloween, which is unfortunate. I was, like, Alf. I was Bert one year. I was a pumpkin, like I said, one year. I would have killed Doobman Freddy Krueger, man. That would have been nice. Nice deal. Ninja. I was Ninja a lot. You know, you can't tell with my size now, but your boy used to be a ninja a lot. Back the day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, hey, mm-hmm. hey. Chris Farley could be a ninja. That's true. That's hey, hey, hey. That's hey. true. Yeah. Appreciate it. There's no limit. There's no limit to what you can be or can't be. Yeah, can I mean, that's it. the best part about Halloween. Is Absolutely. Yes. It's an excuse to, you know, be someone else. I mean, heck, I think uh, I'm speaking for most of us. The reason we do films, the reason we, you know, uh, do stories and all that is because we like, you know, trying to be someone else, you know, getting into a new headspace, you know, fantasy, you know, see all the different types of possibilities. There are. Amen to that. Amen. Sir. I commend that. That's perfect. Plus, plus also, great thing about Halloween, an excuse for girls to dress slutty. We get, we get safe. BC, I assume your mom probably let you run, do whatever you want to do, blood wise, right? Well, I mean, I'm just into the whole. I mean, growing up, I mean, the whole penguin costume when I won, you know, I mean, we had a family friend fabricate that for us, but throughout the years, and I was thinking about it. I mean, I remember I was clown, I was a Batman when I was really young, um, but I really just kind of stopped going out. To Halloween when I was young. I mean, I liked Halloween, you know, but I don't know. The holidays were always a weird time of the year. And I really wanted to enjoy Halloween, but I just usually stayed home. I didn't go out that much. But the, I think the laziest costume I ever did, I was actually Andre Chulon from the first Puppet Master. When, mm. I was like, when I was probably, I think, 14 or 15, I just put like some slacks on, some s- suspenders, a white shirt. And like uh, kind of like a tan overcoat, even though he didn't have a tan overcoat, like a cross between Jack Death and Andre Chulon. But I mean, it was just fun. It was quick. And, you know, I I used for me, I would always just turn the lights off and just go in my basement and watch horror movies. Mm. I mean, yeah, it's fun to hand out candy if if you're out trick or treating, but. Sometimes I'd rather just watch horror movies, you know, when I was young and just turn the lights off and, you know, kind of not do the whole socialization thing unless I had to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trick or treating. Uh, I mean, uh, handing out candy was never fun. That's just kind of something to make you believe, Bill. Like, you know, it's work, buddy. No, but I heard stories growing up early on about like one of the stories of like, you know, like, like razor blades. Oh, you know, oh Yeah. Candy, and I didn't know how much truth. I mean, I know it probably had happened, but I was someone who was like, you know what? I don't want to put, no. It's like, you ruined it for me. I wish I never even heard that. So I'm like, you know, trick or treating. Yeah, the kids, other kids can go do it and they can get whatever cavities, blades in their mouth, and I'll just stay home and order a pizza and watch horror movies. 
I can respect that. that. Yeah, that alarm was uh, was going strong. I remember that. My mom watching for the razor blades and the apples and stuff like that. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, how far does that point that that if go back? I mean, as far as what the 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 razor blade, like like putting shit like that in candy. I mean, how that's a good question. You know, well, I mean, honestly, I've I don't know if uh, I mean I always heard about the rumor, but I have never in all my years heard from anybody who's actually experienced anything like that. Well, because you die when you swallow that blade up. No, I know. It gets caught in your teeth. I mean, mean, honestly, honestly, I just think that it's just some kind of, you know, bullshit, you know, uh, 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 crap people put out there to try to hinder, you know, the fun or an excuse not to take kids out. Like, oh, yeah, there's bad people out there and they'll slip your kids something uh, ev- uh, bad in it. I mean, it's like recently, re- recently <laughs> we had had a woman who was making a big sink about Hocus Pocus 2 about their casting spells on their children. Ooh. I mean, well, they I are. Mean, it's, like, yeah. it's like, really? No. Okay. I mean, you believe any of that shit, you're already psychotic. A- as a- High-tech Satanism. That's what that is. I like that. Yeah, I mean, it's like the same thing with, like, you know, when people were outraged and were saying, oh, if you play D&D, you're, you know, you're, you're worshipping, uh, you know, the dark arts or something like that. It's like y- people will always find an excuse to ruin things for other people. And there's there's no other reason other than just to be vindictive. Yeah. Amen. No, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Of course, now I say this, Someone's going to do it, and then I'm going to look like an asshole. But yeah. you'll be big trouble. You're right. I don't think. I really don't think you got to worry about a movie actually cursing people. Just saying. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. Just call me crazy. But yeah, yeah. I think we're a hundred percent safe from that going down. Yeah. Well, the, the like in the beginning, the, the candy, like the apple with the blade. That was more like in the, in the beginning of this. this discussion deal that was more urban legend do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um you guys have any urban legends that you guys heard firsthand or what what people would make you believe that were firsthand like i know when i was a kid i heard that the urban legend about um the dude keep calling the house creeping out the babysitter and then she fi- she finds out that the calls coming from upstairs my mo- yeah that was the first urban legend i ever heard and one of my mother's friends swore to her life that that happened to her you, know you I mean, mean the plot of when a stranger calls? Exactly. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good for like I good mean, flick. The sequel? Uh, but, not so much. Yeah. Not so much. But uh you guys get get any up close and personal urban legendy stories? Oh yeah. What you got, I, James? What do you got? Well, what do you you got anything, Coin? Because the only thing I kinda remember growing up hearing is how all the nasty like Halloween night, it was like yeah, this is the night all the nasty teenagers go out and uh Toilet paper and uh, throw uh, eggs, eggs. Yeah. And, uh, and also put baloney on hoods of cars. Mm. That's the problem. That fuck up your car, you know. Fucks your paint up real bad. Yeah. All right, I have to say the baloney is a new one on me. You never yeah. heard the baloney one? Huh? No, I never heard the baloney. I mean, I got my uh, a house egg and I, a toilet paper, but uh, never baloney. Yeah. I've seen the baloney actually happen. Yeah. Me too. Uh, like 
strip the paint off your car, won't it? Like if, it, you, it, it, if you leave it overnight, all the fat, if it's cold enough, usually around Halloween, yeah. it's cold enough. All the fat and like gross shit in bologna because it's basically a hot dog pancake um, freezes over. And it freezes so bad because it's all congealed and nasty and gummy that it turns into like rubber cement. And then you actually have to literally peel that bologna off your car and it takes all the paint with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's super sticky. It becomes like the super sticky, almost rubber cement type of thing. It's crazy. We could be turning on a new generation of that, huh? I'm surprised you never heard of that. Well, that's a good. That's uh, a, you uh, should yeah. be. That was well, the ultimate I'm, revenge for a kid. If you were a fucking my neighborhood, that was we didn't we we skipped the eggs, we skipped the toilet paper, we went straight to the bologna right on the hoodie of the car. Five pieces of it, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> family size. Oh, hey, hey, I'm going to make sure I, I I'm never down in your neck of the woods. Adrian. I don't live there anymore, Hawk. You're good. My neighborhood's good now. The nice people. Yeah. No baloney. Baloney's no not allowed there. No baloney. Yeah, that was a tough one. Yeah. The baloney is one you don't want to. That was troublesome. You know what I mean? Um. Alex, you, did your mom have you know, hesitation? I almost feel like your mom might have been a little more like mine with the hesitation of letting you wear gory stuff, costume-wise as a kid. Well, um, yeah, I, I mean, the thing is that all of my costumes, none of them were really, really gory. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, other than that... Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, most of my, my stuff uh, were pretty simple and all that. I mean, I think the goriest thing I did was, like, uh, I, I was a vampire uh, one one year. And that and, and I just had a little bit of blood uh, out of that corner of my uh, lip. Dude, I've gored you up more, probably more than anyone else. Well, yeah. But for Halloween, I haven't had any occasions. That's truth. Gored up and gored to go. How many? How many times have you killed Alexander Hawk, Bill? In film, not in your fantasies. Uh, um, one, two, three, four, four. Actually, maybe, maybe like five or six times. I think. Oh yeah. And they'll keep on coming back, boys. Don't I keep them coming back. Those small I'm segments, like, too. I'm like Jason Voorhees, man. I think it was something almost like Can't be stopped. No, because the one that stands out the most was probably when they made that 15-foot of intestine that we ripped out of you for that zombie film. Yeah. yeah. That was that was fun to make, but filming that. Man, oh, please. I, that was cool. I, Alex, I really legitimately felt bad for you because of how cold it was. I knew all that thick blood was in there. And we had all these people standing over you, hovering and just trying, you know, ripping. Well, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, honestly, here's the thing that, first of all, I'm, 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 I'm covered in fake blood in the intestines. I'm on the cold, uh, cold ground. Okay, I got everyone hulling around me. I got, uh, I forget, uh, two people were literally like, like with their legs on my legs, like leaning on me. So. They're like, you were it was good for you. It's good for you, man. And then, and then, of course, you got you know uh, uh, David and Matt trying to figure out how they're doing the shot and all that. And I'm like, can you guys just shoot it? I don't care. 
I'm my ass wanted the real. That's when Maddie became director. He wanted real terror. We wanted to go for that real terror. In, in his dude, eyes. dude, it was less terror and more of like, I'm dying. Yeah, it sounds like real hypothermia. Yeah. Like, but serious, I, mean, I felt, I have, I have put Alex in situations where it would not be deemed comfortable, you know, just by virtue of certain makeup effects. It's really hard for me to feel bad for someone. It really fucking is. And <laughs> I I really actually felt legitimately bad for Alex because of that night. Because you just endured so much. The cold, I felt bad for you. Because you were wearing that thing you were wearing. I mean, oh. like wearing like next to nothing. Yeah, it got rough for him. All right? It got rough for him. Yeah. But uh, it was it. only for a little bit, dude. It was only for a little bit. We, do, Hawk, were you on the Ford set? When we're in the middle yeah. of the woods, oh my! Yeah, God. That I was, was the coldest I've ever been in my life. Do do yeah. I mean, the thing is, the only reason that uh, for me it was worse on the uh, the was I was covered in fake blood on the Ford. I I I was I was clothed, but it was still, you know. I mean, it was older than it was. I in, don't know. Uh, I remember. We're in the middle of the woods of nowhere in the wind. Yeah. I want to say it was mud. I remember my feet were wet and I fucking oh, thought yeah. I was going to lose my feet. I thought my feet had to go. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> it was, it was so much colder than the zombie shoot, but yeah. I mean, at least I was not, you know, like covered in, 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 in wet stuff. I guess so. I'll I warm it up for you next time. The best was probably when we had that Bigfoot thing. And there was that ice sheet that everyone basically kept sliding on. Well, I mean, you guys are like, oh, yeah, just walk up that, that, that path. And the path was nothing but ice. And Ray and I are taking these small, tiny steps. So we I busted my ass. Fall down and slide back. Yeah. You're troopers, though. That's why I got paid the big bucks. Mm-hmm. I'm you still know, waiting man. for the check, dude. I'm still That's waiting cool. for the check. That made you internationally famous. What are you talking about? That was it. That was it right there. That's that's better than money. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. James, you got any horror stories of uh, weather from the sets? Weather from sets? Yeah. Oh, my God. Where the fuck do I start with that? Holy <laughs> shit. Uh, a lot of the box was yeah. shot in the cold. Yeah. Like, not just winter. I mean, the cold. <laughs> like, that negative two to like 18 degrees you take a glove off and like you feel shit actually starting to freeze on your hand yeah the cold yeah yeah (laughs) and it was bad but god it looked good and that was i mean we actually just talked about that yesterday on um the makeup panel I, i i chimed in with a couple of horror stories about blood on snow and like all that stuff and yeah, that that was rough. Shooting that first scene that was all in the snow, that was a rough day. Yeah. That was a rough day. It was a long day. And it didn't crack over ten degrees all day. So yeah. it was it was a tough day. There was a lot of running inside, a lot of hot cocoa. Like <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it was it was that was a toughie. Yeah, I mean honestly there's nothing uh I I I've been able to like shoot in different uh places. But I do have to say that even though I've been in sets where I've had the other extreme, you know, where it's extremely hot and and humid and all that, I think I take that over freezing cold temperatures any time. Seriously, 
because I'm shooting in, in New England. While we might have some of the most scenic spots, when it's cold, it's cold. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But absolutely. And I am, I'm 100% with, with, with Hawk on this. I've shot in the middle of a swamp in July. I've, I've oh. shot in someone's backyard in January. Like, and extreme hot humidity sucks, but extreme cold can fucking kill you if you're not careful. It's true. Like, that's the comparison, straight up. Like, it, it, it could be, you know, oh, it's uncomfortable, it's sticky, it's sweaty, but you drink some water, you know, nine times out of ten, you're going to be okay. You know, you might have to sit down for a little while or something. And we take care of people, and we don't we don't let them get heat stroke or anything like that, so that's fine. But, like, if it drops down below a certain temperature, you can't get the shot you're looking for because you literally can't let them take their coat off. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it hits negative 10, even negative anything, period. I'm real remiss about shooting in it because it's just too damn cold. Yeah. You know? Do you need to worry that much? I mean, it seems like with the old cameras, they had to. But I don't know about the new ones. Like, you're filming outside and bringing it, the, bringing it inside. I mean, does that do something to the lens or Yeah. Of course. Glass is affected by temperature. Severely temperature, yeah. severely affected by temperature. Your glass will warp if you go from really cold to really warm too fucking fast. Which is why if you have any kind of expensive glass, you need to have a case. Or if you're just walking around like putting them in like a backpack or something, like you're just begging for those things to crack. And snap, and not from getting hit from the actual temperature shifts. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like I think it was on Carpenter's the thing. I wasn't sure if they had to leave the cameras outside, um, just so they weren't bringing stuff back and forth, knowing that it, would, it definitely could affect them. Mm-hmm. But it's like you need to leave them in one or the other if you're going to work with them. Yeah, yeah. James, you got any yearly traditions that you do around the Halloween time? Well, we go all the hell out here. We go crazy. We go crazy. It's Halloween time. It's fun. We have a lot of fun. Um, I keep it. I keep it to my family. I do. I don't go out and party with people on Halloween. Um, I am boring and I suck and I hang out with my mom and dad and we hand out candy and we watch horror movies and we just have a good time. And real simple, no bullshit. Um, but we go all out. That how- it is fun. It's a lot of fun. It my is. parents, my mom and my dad are so central to the horror fan in me. And how much they encouraged that and stoked it. And just, it, they really are like the biggest inspiration for me to do this. They've been behind me 100% all the way through. And they're amazing. And we get to, but yeah, uh, I deck, I decorate that whole yard they're getting up there in years so somebody's got to you yeah, know yeah. like with some stamina can can get in there and not worry about them hurting themselves so i decorate everything it gets bigger every year because i always go out and buy shit yeah, yeah kids have a blast kids have a blast they trick or treat we leave out we don't do like the knock and like going up to the door and all that stuff because of covid still and mm-hmm. um but we leave out a big fucking bowl just like a monster like three feet across Please take one with just bags and bags. Oh no, we watch it to make sure that like the bigger kids aren't screwing over the little kids, you know. Yeah. But um, we'll watch it. But they just go and grab them. Their own. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because 
down the street because I just moved. I, I you know you guys hear about it on Dead Kids all the time, but I just moved into a house a couple of years ago, and it's been different. Like dealing with Halloween when you have a house and Halloween when you're in an apartment complex in the hood, totally different. Yeah. Kit and caboodle, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't open my door for anybody on October 3rd, 31st before I got out. So I'd be like, fuck you. Yeah, there's a skeleton on my door. Please don't steal it. Like, that always. was the extent of. Yeah. It always bummed me out, too, because I love Halloween. I love yeah. Halloween. But that was the extent of what I could do for Halloween. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but finally, I was able to do this, and, you know, everybody, the, the rents come over. Most of my family drops in here, there, brings the kiddos, you know. Very cool. It's a good time. It's a good time. It's just simple. The graveyard's huge at this point. Like, I think it's like 50 square, 50 cubic feet all around the front of my house now. Just like, like, it's wild. Um, And it just gets bigger every year. And I love Halloween. I fucking love Halloween. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. Fucking Halloween's the bomb. Diggity. Horroween. We like to call it Horroween here, to tell you the truth. Horroween, baby. If if I can be honest with you. Yeah. Um, Billy. How about you? What? What, what? You know, what, what do you like to do? What are your big traditions? <laughs> Yearly traditions? Other than this, other than this special, of course. Yes. You know what I mean? Traditions? Yeah. What do you do every Halloween, motherfucker? You made me even say Halloween, killing me. Man, Eastwood had to come out on you. My apologies. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I don't have any. No. No. I figured you would have some type of ritual, you know, horror movies and, you know. Well, I mean, I have, like, certain movies I watch, like, on certain days of the year. But, you know, when it comes to Halloween, I mean, the only tradition I can think of is every single Thanksgiving, I watch the giant spider invasion. There you go. Bill Rebane. I but, feel it. Hell <clears throat> oh, yeah. And, or because of the MSC3K, but I'll watch the non-version. But when it comes to Halloween itself, it's like, I mean, I have a vast library. I'll, I'll pick a few movies. And, but nothing, nothing that's like steady half to do it on Halloween. Halloween, no. killing me, Bill, killing me. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, to me, traditions are like dishes. I just break it. I just, I just break it. <laughs> Good man. You're I, come on. fucking rebel. Let, yeah. let, me, let me guess. Let me guess. You, you'll probably be watching like the entire Puppet Master series. Actually, no. I usually save the Puppet Master series for Christmas. Um, usually, it has, I could dig I, that too. <laughs> but no, but like, but like the Halloween itself. Like, I'll watch primarily creature features. Uh, Pumpkinhead, I've watched a, a few times um, on Halloween. <clears throat> Rawhead Rex, I've watched a few. I mean, I, it's like folk horror. I almost treat like Halloween like the kind of folky element it is. I mean, I love folk horror, and. Um, there's some legitimacy to that for sure. I, I think it's really, I've only really noticed just really thinking about it, just only like in recent years, would, would it be like folklore? Before it would be like maybe like a Friday the 13th and like a Hellraiser movie. No. But, I mean, you know, but mm-hmm. the, I, I love everything. I, I mean, even the bad stuff I love. So, you know, I mean, I'll even have like years for um, Halloween where I'll watch like The Giant Claw and Attack of the Giant Legions. Right. And then pass out. Yeah. I got a question for you. Is watching Halloween film on Halloween the same as wearing the same band's concert shirt to their concert? I think it depends on the person you ask. Yeah. I, I agree. That's 100% objective. I think some people are going to be like, I got the best tuxedo in the, ho- in the room right now, or somebody's going to be like, why are you that guy? 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it could go either way. Yeah. With that. Personally, I'm strongly in the why are you that guy column because I don't <laughs> have any love for Halloween whatsoever. So. <laughs> Woo! Alexander. Yeah. What do you got over there? What do you do? Traditional movies around Halloween. Well, for me, I mean, those who know me well, that I'm very old school. Yeah. And uh, the one movie that I watch every Halloween or Halloween uh, would be Arsenic and Old Lace. Ooh. That is a good one, though. But that's a very good one. I, I got to say, Cary Grant um, is one of the greatest, you know, old time actors. It's a great, fun, funny, uh, little spooky uh, 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 film based on on a great uh, 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 theater play, and it's just it hits all the right notes. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, it's funny, but you know, it, it 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 takes you back to a time when horror was more about the mood. And the feel of of it, and not about you know the over the top you know gore effects or torture porn. Personally, I can't take torture porn. Um, and I mean, I I also love to watch like the original Wolfman, the original uh, Dracula, and, and all that because they're the ones I think that really started bringing the horror genre to the mainstream. Mm. And, and at that time, it was all about atmosphere and story, which, unfortunately, I think a lot of uh, modern filmmakers don't seem to get. They're like, oh, let's just have as much blood and guts as possible mm-hmm. and absolutely no story. Yeah. And it's kind of like, then what's the point? <laughs> I agree with that 100% actually. I'm not a huge fan of torture porn either, Hawk. I think gore, for gore's sake, is generally a mistake unless you're trying to make a point with that gore. Yeah. Like, I would say films like, even though I hate it and I don't want to watch it, a Serbian film. Yeah. It's violent imagery. Human Centipede 2. Um, Sallow. And, like, even like in the, going straight from the torture porn, the Turistas, yeah. which was one of my personal favorite of that genre, even if I didn't like them. Yeah. It's overly gory, but there's a point to it. They're trying to say something with that violence. Even Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. With the exploitation of indigenous tribes. You could absolutely say that that gore was necessary and all of that extremeness to yeah. that film was necessary. But beyond that, if it's not a good storytelling thing. You don't actually build any fear with blood and guts. You gross people out with blood and guts. There's no fear. Once the blood and guts is on the screen, the fear is gone, and they just have to deal with whatever you're trying to tell them. Yeah. 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 Well, it's almost like how I feel about like blood and guts, if you can make it almost psychological. It's just the last band thing I know of was a classmate of mine from um, Savines, uh, Fred Vogel who actually did the August Underground series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was like one of the last franchises I could pick up where it was just kind of just like deemed, you know, like you, you couldn't find it unless if you went through Fred directly. 
and he's a great guy. And, you know, August Underground, uh, Underground has this amazing reputation. And I think I even heard that it's coming to Blu-ray, I guess. The same somehow. people that actually put out uh, Serbian film, Unearthed, I think, is putting Unearthed, out. Unearthed, yeah. I think they're putting out his trilogy, which is cool. It's good. Yeah, it's good to see him getting some respect because he's like an underground filmmaker like us. That's from yeah, no, I mean, he's worked really fucking hard. He's, he's a really good artist, and I, I, it's nice I personally like can't watch that movie like really like it hits buttons for me that just are a step too far like I have everybody right. has them right and some of them particularly the more sexual things that happen in the movie I, I can't get with it I can't yeah. I, I can't I know what they're trying to say and it's still like my own personal morality I can't get down with that well it's almost like necromantic for some people I mean it, yeah no I, I mean Lars von Trier uh, well not but you know but even Lars von Trier and yeah. that's a good example like Antichrist and everything that happened with that trilogy like they're tough I can I understand. Like, they give me a little too much. I agree with you 100%. I still, some of them I can still kind of consider. Like, Serbian film's fucking really wild and dark and crazy, but I can still respect it as a film because it's shot, like, beautifully. You know, that's why that movie works so well. You know what I mean? It really is. You know what I mean? Game respect game. Like, it is pretty. Yeah. Even if I hate every frame that's happening in front of my eyes, it looks good. It's a and wild, I can't deny that, yeah. But I can't well, deny it. But the well, content's fucking bananas. It's like as dark as shit. <laughs> yeah, it's as dark as it gets, man. Yeah. In my opinion, you know. Well, I mean, I mean, the thing is that, I mean, it's always great to watch films that, you know, are enjoyable that we can laugh with and all that. But I also do. I mean, heck, going with those kind of films, I do believe that there's a space and also needed. Films that give you a very visual, uh, visual um, response. Absolutely, that really you know um, really uh, uh, affect you. I, I, I mean, fully, I fully agree, Falk. I do. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, how do you guys feel about Yui uh, Bowl? <laughs> I get down with Yui Bowl. I can't, I can't front on Yui Bowl. Postal's a lot of fun. Rampage was cool. Now, I mean, the thing is, I definitely, I, I enjoy Yui Bowl. I really do yeah. like a lot of his stuff for different reasons. And, and the thing is, his Rampage series, especially starting with the first one, the, just the visual uh, feeling I get from that, I kind of put in a similar kind of uh, place as, like, you know, Sallow or something like that, where... It's unpleasant, but it's done in such a way that there's a point and there's a reason for it. And the reason you feel uncomfortable is the point. Yes. I don't disagree with you. Yeah. And the thing is that he's done a lot of other things that a lot of people haven't seen that are controversial, but they're also really done well if if you look at it. I mean... A lot of people like to, you know, give him hard times over some of his earlier stuff. And whether, you know, they're they're great or not, I mean, the guy has a great eye and talent with with the films he does. Sometimes things don't always hit uh, the the audience 
it doesn't connect with him, but it doesn't mean that it's a bad film. I don't disagree. Yeah, there's a lot of films out there that audiences never really connect to, and then like 20 years later, everyone's like, oh my god, this is a goddamn mess. They suddenly figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they'd suddenly go, oh, this is what he was saying. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And I mean, will I say Louis Bull is a good filmmaker? Technically, yes. Yeah. He is a, he is a, technically his work behind the camera, his ideas for shots, his shooting scenarios are all really fucking cool. Yeah. He was doing slow mo stuff before, um, fucking DC guy, Zack Snyder. Yeah. Zack yeah. Snyder ever got a hands, his hands on it. He was doing the hard snow, the hard slow mo. Like yeah. like in those like the action movies do now, um, he was really a pioneer on the technical side as a storyteller. Nah, I can't get with him. But that doesn't mean I don't respect him for the things he does right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I just personally can't get behind the storytelling. I just don't think he's very good. But I, w- I watched a, I watched a documentary on him. I think on Tubi or something like that. And he seems like a good dude. Like he's uh, he goes finds the money. He's kind of like us, but in a bigger, you know what I mean? Bigger mm-hmm. self goes finds the money, makes the movie, turns it in. You know, got to deal with all the madness and all that. And I, you gotta love a dude that is willing to get in the ring with his critics and fucking throw down. That's probably he, having that on his on his resume. I gotta give him kudos because I can't think of any other filmmaker that's gotten in the fucking ring and boxed it out with the people that talk shit about their film, so I gotta have big, you know, respect for that. Man's a nut job, but I love it. <laughs> Man's insane, completely, unhinged, like, probably should be in a straitjacket, but I love him for it, because he goes there and he doesn't give a shit, and I love that. <laughs> I was hoping we were getting to that part. Insane <laughs> in the membrane. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, hey, Matt, Matt, no. I think that that's what we should do. Anyone <laughs> who gives Matt's bad reviews we should have a boxing match. I boxed somebody once. It's on YouTube somewhere. Oh. Yeah, my backyard. And uh, around the around uh, the era of uh, 2009, it was one of the people on the site. Yeah, with a rear. Maybe I'll find it for this. I don't Ooh. know. He, I don't think he's a big fan of that footage anymore. He wanted to do it, too. He thought he said I was a big dude, so he was going to punch me like fucking 50 times before I got him once. And that didn't happen for him. <laughs> did not video. pan out. <laughs> no, it didn't work in his favor. I, 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 I got to find that video. Maybe we'll put it as an Easter egg in here somewhere. Big dudes can be a surprise, man. It is. Hey, no, never dudes, never big, assume. Big dudes can be a real surprise with the speed. Yeah, big dudes Same. can take a lot of hits and still stand, keep standing. Mm-hmm. Boom. So before Have on to someone start running and you're both going through a wall. That's my I was about to say, and they got a lot of locomotion, man. They throw you. You could end up like yeah, well, we've heard in the river. momentum, and you're yeah. going towards someone. Yeah, you're able to grab someone. You pick them up, and you keep going. You both go through that wall. Yeah. You're fucking taking your both both of you. Yeah, stuff. there's some intense velocity involved there for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I learned the hard way. Yeah. Oh, the hard way, Bill. Someone put you in your place. I have been put my place on a few occasions. I, you know, I believe that for some reason. I don't know why I believe that's possible. <laughs> okay, it only was love, though. Okay, Oprah, you want me to open up even more? Yeah. 
You got a car. You got a car. You got a car. We all got a car. Shut up, Alex. Nobody's got a car. <laughs> Nobody can afford that. Literally, it's literally, it's literally hey, skeletons hey. of 45, 75, 1971 Ford Pintos. Hey, oh, everyone has skates. Listen, listen. I have a box full of matchbook uh, box cars, and I can promise <laughs> ah. you, can all get a car. Good Perfect. Man. Perfect. Trick or treat. Trick so or treat. Before we pop into the theme that the, the Alexander wanted, the great Alexander wanted to talk about tonight, you know, I know we all kind of listen to vinyl. Is there any uh, is there any vinyl that anybody spins around this time of year uh, in tribute to? We'll start uh, with James. James will mind me. Oh, yeah, man. I'm a vinyl. You know, you know me, Matt. We talk about this all the time. I'm a vinyl file. I'm I got I got vinyl on vinyl, but Halloween. All right, like. I'm not the biggest fan of this band, but they're first and they're last. Like, they go on first at 6 p.m., right when the sun's about to go down, and they're the last album that goes on. And the first album is Bloody Kisses by Typo Negative, and the last album is October Rust by Typo, Typo Negative. Then some other bands in there. I go, I go, I go like, industrial goth. I go, yeah. I go heavy into that. There's some movie soundtracks. Like, I do Bram Stoker's Dracula, because I love that score. Um, yeah, I, I got the new Mondo last year, so I'm really excited to spin that through the through the speakers that I put outside for the kids and everything. It's because it gets a little music going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Branch of Dracula, uh, Night of the Living Dead is always a good choice. I kind of rotate the movie stuff. Yeah. It's not always the same, but Dracula is always in there because I just that's a perfect Halloween score. In my Classic, yeah. Classical, spooky. It's got that sound, you know. Yeah, that's it, pretty much. Yeah, I'm with that. DC, what do you got over there? Um, interestingly enough, almost every single day for the past 20 years, hmm. I listen to uh, Richard Van, and um, it's usually in the form of the reanimator soundtrack. Um, but I do listen to it on vinyl this time of year. Um, I actually just ordered a coil. Um, it's uh, one of the Hellraiser um, I guess sound some sort of a soundtrack. So, you know, looking forward to checking that out. And I'll even listen to Shirley Walker's Ghoulies, you know, on vinyl. Hell yeah. But you know, I, I, I love what Shirley Walker did as a composer taking Danny Elfman's music and basically what she did with Batman the animated series. Mm. Because I think that's one of the most amazing Batman scores I've ever heard. And I think it's interesting how the roots all go back to uh, not just Charlie Bam, but also um, David Lynch. And, um, you know, so Shirley Walker oh, has for sure. some really interesting stuff. Yeah. Alexander, what are you listening to over there around this holiday season? Hmm. Well, I think. Uh... The Monster Mash. <laughs> Classic. It's about World fucking. I met that dude at Spooky World like 20 years ago, and he was very old school. If you didn't approach him and say, hi, my name's Matt, uh, before talking to him, he wouldn't act. He'd act like you weren't even there. If you didn't address him old school manners style, like people that would just, you know, just kind of stand there, you know, he would he'd just act like they don't even exist. Which was funny because you you know you don't see that too much any day. Well, he's he had a hit in 1953, like yeah, 
Come on. <laughs> Monster Mash. Yeah. I believe ICP was even there that and Ginger Lynn. It, it was no, it was um ICP was there, but it was Ginger Lynn, Lou Ferrigno. Alex loves my Lou Ferrigno poster, and that's where I got that from. And uh the Monster Mash dude where it's spook uh yeah, Spooky World, way back. Yeah. When when, when, when you could get a Lou Ferrigno's two autographs for twenty bucks. Oh dude. It was insane. We're talking like I I brag about that, and I brag about getting Kane Hodder's autograph for five bucks the first time I went to a horror convention, and um, just by pri- just by the prices they had, you know, we've gotten autographs for free and stuff because we're the dead kids are dirty though, balling. <laughs> but um, yeah, dude, like I remember <laughs> when autographs were that cheap. You know what I mean? Now they're Kane Hodder is probably fifty bucks, but he's one of the bigger ones. But he was pretty respectable for a while. He's not like the Walking Dead extras asking for a hundred bucks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Tell me about it. It's funny you mentioned Ginger. Um, did you say Ginger Allen or Ginger Lane? Ginger Lynn, I believe it was. Yeah. She was like a scream queen model. So I remember her because she was at the uh, New Jersey Horror Con when I was there. Yeah. And when I was running in and out, I just, I, I felt like Shrek, you know, just, you know, because I was talking with her when you said a great report. So every single time I run by her booth, I'd be like, Gingy! And she just always smiled. Gingy. 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 Alex, Gingy. Did, you, did you say what you listened to? I'm going to guess like Charlie Brown's Big Pumpkin Adventure <laughs> or something like that. Old, keeping it well, old school. Th- I mean, I, I know this is going to, you know, upset uh, Matt, but I really no. don't, I don't I don't really listen. I mean, I have to admit, I only started really listening to, like, uh, music more recently, but um, not, not a huge, I mean, I just listen to, like, uh, I mean, my two favorite songs, I have to admit, and it's not horror-themed, would be um, uh, My Way, with uh, Frank Sinatra and uh, the Gambler, uh, uh, you know, and uh, those those are like my two favorite songs, and I listen to those like all the time. Those are classics, man. Yeah, they are classics. classics. I would also recommend check out My Way by Sid Vicious. Yes. Sid Vicious? Yes. So that's a great soundtrack too. Bad Absolutely. Thing. Great way to great way to transform that song. And it came out really good. Yeah. Huh. Love that. Love that track. And I hate Sex Pistols, but I love it. I know, but, but Sid just he did something amazing with that song. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I have a friend that I met uh, doing a uh, 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 film out in uh, Texas. And uh, we were talking, and we both loved the song, but I like it uh, by Frank Sinatra. He loves it by Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and of course, I mean both of them, uh, you know, do their own versions, and they're very good. I like both of them, but for me, and and here's the thing: I am not a Frank Sinatra fan. I I mean, I I enjoy some of his films. Uh, the only song I really like of his is "My Way." Because, Understandable. What are your yeah. way, man? You want to, my way, your way. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, you know, I love Alexander Hawk to death, but I'm always blown away by how lack of music, how much lack of music is in his life. I, I music is life. It's huge to myself. I feel like yeah, Billy Coin James feels the same way. And this isn't to break it down, Hawk. Not at all for you. You bring it up. 
It's good well, for. I mean, I mean the thing is yeah. that I am starting. I mean, with uh, us, our stuff being on Spotify and all that, I have been starting. You know, picking up, but most of my songs are, you know, they they old school. I mean, everything from you know the Beatles to Frank Sinatra to um, you know uh, Irish sea chanties. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> the Irish Rovers. You know, it's uh, I, 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 I don't really follow like artists. I follow songs. Words, not because there's a lot of artists that you know they might have done some great songs, but they only have like one or two that I enjoy. Amen. I feel so, that. Yeah. I'll start listening uh, to more music. Huh. I'm saying it, Alex, start listening to everything. As you, yeah, as you get deeper into it, you'll find more stuff you like, and you'll find, yeah, it, it's like influential, you know what I mean? Get you through, you know, cheer you up, get you down. Helps Whatever you do, crack my voice, the music's so great, it killed me emotionally. Um, I, I don't think the last couple of years I said I'd listen to, uh, well, soundtracks, of course, but I'll just say um, there's a hip-hop group named Atmosphere. They proud of album called the day before oh. halloween a couple of years ago and i try and watch that listen to that well you can watch it it's a cool video that goes with the whole thing um but i try and listen to that the day before halloween i love uh, it i love that album that fantastic choice fuck yeah baby fantastic so, choice. good album i want to cheer alex up now because I, we kind of gave him hard times a little bit not hard times but we brought up a very delicate subject in a bad way with him i think we made it and, in, we made him do a sad and we didn't yeah. mean to it was a half intervention that we, we it was an intervention we gave up on halfway in, which is probably the worst intervention <laughs> we have. And, yeah, that's, uh, that's that did not work. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. One of these days uh, they'll kidnap me and, and say you're going to listen to all this music and you won't leave until you have a new appreciation. Yeah, you're going to be yeah. duct taped to a chair, blindfolded. There's going to be a stack of vinyl about as tall as Matt in front of you. And just one of those shitbox little record plays from like Target or something, a Victor Roller or some shit. And you're just gonna you're just gonna hear the fucking record needle start spinning, and we're just gonna keep making you listen to music till you like things. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding, obviously. <clears throat> so we we have a whole we've gathered a bunch of dead kids here today. So I know Alexander had high hopes of talking about. The man for which there would be no dead kids, there'd be no a lot of things, you know what I mean? Uh, the great mm-hmm. Stephen King. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, that I there has been so many um, authors, writers that have done um, uh, books throughout the years uh, in the horror genre. I mean, you've got the Alan, uh, Edgar Allan Poe's, mm-hmm. you've got, you know, H.G. Lovecraft. Um, and Stephen King, I mean, he's still going strong now. I mean, heck, I, every time I turn around, he's, he has another book, another set of short stories. And, and, and the thing is that, uh, to be perfectly honest, I think he's definitely one of the biggest influencers on the horror genre, um, of all time. I mean... It's that, you know, it's as we joked around on the Dead Kids of Dairy that, you know, there's the Stephen King tropes. You know, you got to have the uh, the uh, the uh, overly um, uh, violent 
uh, like redneck bullies. You got to have the overzealous uh, 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 holy man. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, for sure. yeah, and and it, it's. I mean, it's gotten to a point where, like in in Monster Squad, you have you know the kid with you know Stephen King rules and. Mm-hmm. Other films that are either uh, giving nods to Stephen King or just outright, you know, bringing things from Stephen King's literature into their own films as an homage. Yeah. Because he's has affected, you know, that... I mean, I think, honestly, Stephen King is probably the one that has really made, I would say, horror more mainstream. What do you guys think? Actually, I fully agree. He's also the most recognizable of all the authors, too. Yeah. Like, living, mm-hmm. you think about it. Like, he's a, if you were to gather up the most famous ones and put them in front of a crowd, you know, that's the thing with writing. Your name's really just there. So, like, you could be the biggest writer in the world and no one can know what you look like. Um, but everybody knows what Stephen King looks like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Plus, plus, also, he's a king of cameos. Nothing against uh, uh, Stan Lee, but... Uh, Stephen King has as as uh, quite uh, he, he's quite great with his cameos in his films. I even, even go as far to say as things like the baseball games that he always goes to, like those get him huge with regular people. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. So like he's well-roundedly known, like have a heavy-duty style. And then on TV, he's always in. Yeah, you know, like you said, the cameos on television. Amen. I firmly believe, sorry, I was looking up something, trying to get a date for something. There it is. Okay. I firmly believe that Stephen King, and I don't think I'm, I don't think this is hyperbole. I don't think it's anything. He is on the same level as Jesus. He changed everything the second he released a book. Yeah. April 5th, 1974, Carrie came out. And it completely changed the game, a hundred percent. Whatever, whatever was before it, whatever was after it, the style changed. There were so many people by 1976 when De Palma released Carrie, trying to ape what he was doing with his storytelling. That you can almost say there is a BK and an AK. There's a before King and there's an after King. You know what I'm saying? He's on that level. He changed our culture that much. Like, it's huge. Huge what he did. Yeah, for sure. I even think what the Palma did on his end um, was incredibly influential. Um, The one person who I see is, I'm not saying this with any negative connotation because there isn't, but one person who's been aping his stuff a lot and it works is actually Don Mancini with this new iteration of the Chucky series. Cause there's a lot of the Palma esque shots that I'm seeing and it works. I mean, it, it's the proof of Palma, what he was able to do as a director and what Stephen King was able to do as a storyteller, basically telling the story. And I agree with you. I think everything changed after Carrie. Um, everything. Especially the look of not just the look, man, the narrative style, the way the horror we were getting completely turned on its ear. Two hours, two years after King did Carrie, um, four years after the book of Carrie, we have Halloween. 
Can it tell me Halloween isn't inspired by Stephen King? Oh, of course it was. I mean, have you read <laughs> some of his, like, oh, I'm scared, I'm alone in the house short stories that he had from that era? Yeah. They're fucking terrifying. And that's hands down, the, at least writing-wise, could have very easily popped a William Shatner mask on that guy and made him Halloween. Made it Halloween in about eight seconds. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then plus literary is one of the things that a lot of, you know, Hollywood will actually, you know, look at writers and be like, you know, who's hot? Who's coming up? Absolutely. Who, who can we buy in to see that would that would work into a movie? And, you know, you could even, I mean, even though it's not the same thing, but like what Peter Benchley did with Jaws, right. you know, and how that was an amazing book, or even like The Godfather was like an amazing book as well, but... It's kind of, I mean, they're two different things of what Mario Puzo did with the movie and then the book itself. But, you know, he did his own thing. The but, thing the thing about Mario Puzo and Peter Benchley is they were a flash in the pan. They brought out one thing. They changed the face of things with that one thing. No doubt. Respect to Peter Benchley. Jaws is one of the most influential films ever made, hands down. Mm-hmm. The Godfather, what the hell can you even say about that trilogy besides the third one? Isn't great though. Coda was really good, um, but consistently, what King has done time and time and time and time again to how much he has shaped horror and reinvented the wheel as he went along. Every time, for a while there in in the seventies and eighties, and even like into the early early nineties, he was changing the game all the time, hands down. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Obviously, things have tapered off. He's gotten older. He's doing a lot less horror these days. He's doing a lot of true crime. He's doing a lot of sci-fi. Still great work, but it's not its not the heyday of his horror stuff, you know? But, yeah, no, I don't think we'll ever see anyone influence the, the face of horror like we have Stephen King, ever. Yeah. Plus, also, another thing which I always liked about Stephen King, which, uh, I mean, we've talked about before, is that you have the overall you know, thing, whether it's supernatural element, whether it's, you know, um, other things like that, uh, a big scary monster, werewolves, or uh, 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 whatever, but the underlying most important part of every Stephen King story is how the people, normal, regular people, interact and how they, uh, they deal with each other. I mean... I think that the scariest parts of The Mist and also uh, The Storm of the Century is the fact of these people turning on each other, you know, after, you know, years and years being, you know, neighbors and friends and lovers and all that, that they're just willing to, you know, rip each other apart because of a... Pretty much Stephen King uses the idea of the supernatural force as a catalyst to let you see how, you know, people are under pressure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The, the the humanity. And that's where he changed the game. That is 100% where he changed the game. Before Stephen King, characters were about as deep as a puddle in the middle of Arizona in a three-week drought. Like, it was yeah. like, it was like the, the hero was like, quiet, you, like backhanded the chick and the dame's like, oh my God. And like, obviously, like we've had, we had some yeah. really like standouts like the exorcist, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think Massacre dropped like right after King dropped Carrie and it blew up. Um, 
Uh, so like we've we've had we've had some other guys in there that definitely dipped in the pot, but not as consistently. Oh, yeah. But his characters, it's his characters, man. He makes you feel for your character, the characters, every time. And every time you feel for those characters and horrible shit happens to them, your gut just gets torn apart. Yeah, you're crying, even... you're terrified. It's it's yeah. it's a really unpleasant experience, but it's cathartic and it's good. And seeing what these characters go through, it also makes me think, and I've heard, you know, King even say like how much he loves the works of Lovecraft and just like the whole the whole madness and breaking down and how how he iterates it different from Lovecraft, but because I mean, I'm not. Yeah, there was a direct, you know, inspiration there, and um, but I'm not saying that they're. I mean, apples I think, and oranges. It's two. They're two different. No, roles. no. I think he wears it on his sleeve with the storytelling in his shining. The slow erosion of Jack Torrance's mind is definitely at least a little bit Lovecraftian. Well, like, because, but almost like the psychological torment, like not like. I think that's what I'm trying to say more than anything else. It's the psychological torment that that he would put someone through, you know, whether if it's something visually they see or just like in, inside of their own head. And that's that's a hundred percent. That's that's a hundred percent a Lovecraft thing. He, he's tricking people. He's fucking with their heads. It's very Lovecraftian. Um, for, the Shining's very Lovecraftian. I would say um, there's a lot of influence in his early stuff. In, in, with Lovecraft, but I think King more so than Lovecraft because Lovecraft always worked in short film, short stories. He he was like you never push past ninety pages really um, with his work. He didn't have really full books or anything like that. His entire collected works can fit in a five hundred page book. You know what I mean? I know I have it. It's over there. Um, but King he made he brings he brings everything out of that character. Every nuance, every little piece of it. And at first, you know, in the first couple of chapters, I'll fully admit it's wordy, it's hard to read sometimes, can be a little boring, but once things get going and things actually start happening to these characters, you, you fall for a trap. And you're like, holy shit, I care way too much about what's going to happen to these people in this paragraph. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's when he's got you. That's the, that's the, he, you fell for it. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. Brilliant classic yeah i remember i'd get the books <clears throat> i'd like when i go to yard sales and stuff like that wherever you get cheap books back in the day uh i'd always pick up the books mainly you get them a lot free there's so many of them they were like everywhere and uh tvs probably like i i got the books i didn't read you know i started a couple reading wasn't really my deal when i was younger um but the, t- the tv show movies coming on the tv were probably bigger for me getting into stephen king you know what i mean Absolutely. That was like the whole 90s. That was his stretch. That's what he was doing. Yeah. I mean, come on. Is there anything better than the Langoliers? Uh, <laughs> I love the Langoliers. I get down uh, with the Langoliers, as you know. Goddamn space meatballs, man. <laughs> hey, I, I got to say, um, Bronson Pinchot, I mean, he, he, he's great. <laughs> Such well, a piece of shit. Yeah, but in such a good way. He so plays it so perfectly. But yeah. he is—he's such a piece of shit in that movie. <laughs> I mean, seriously, what you feel like? I mean, I said what well, I've ever felt about Return to Salem's Lot. It's like, man, it's like I just want to get past Skinwalkers. What? Yeah. I mean, the uh, the fucking one with the vampire cats. I, I just, sleepwalkers. 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 Okay. But I, I said, but I called them yeah, Skinwalkers. 
Well, sleep. I don't know what it is. I, I love McGarris. I really fucking do. But that's just like the one. It just it was difficult for me to get through. Yeah. Sleepwalkers is an interesting movie because it's the one thing he's done. It's like Maximum Overdrive in a way where it's unbridled king, right? Yeah. Because he just he wrote the screenplay. There's no book. There's no short story for Sleepwalkers. It's just he wrote a screenplay and somebody picked it up, and he wanted to do that and he did it. And I appreciate Sleepwalkers for it is. Um, it's been so long. Maybe I just really need to revisit. Yeah. It's not that bad. Yeah, it's a pretty decent. I, I, think, I remember I, liking it. Yeah, I think it's coming up on Dead Kids relatively soon, Bill. Yeah. So we'll 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 dive into it in the long form. Yeah, I mean, I'll look, I'll look at it open-mindedly. You know, yeah. I don't like, I don't like to be close-minded about any movie. I really don't get me, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's great by any fucking means. There's about 35 films that I would say in the Stephen King arsenal that I would say are better movies. But yeah, you know, just just to keep an open mind, keep an open mind. It tries some interesting stuff. Yeah. Got some fun moments. You know what I mean? The uh, very early CGI that didn't that didn't help it. You know, the morphing in there, some anamorphing that's quite... The morphing works really with the human-to-human, like when Michael Jackson did it with this music video. Right. I think it was... I think it it was... I mean, the the CGI just wasn't there yet for, you know, human to something animalistic that is human. For sure. Something by people. But, I mean, it it took a while. It it took close to a decade to really kind of perfect it as it went along. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You know, Bill, I agree with you on that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean. Actually, it's funny on uh, Tubi, I yes. saw across the uh, lawnmower man. What, somebody put it up there? Or? Well, it's on Tubi. Yeah, no, it's just, it, I, as far as I understand, uh, lawnmower man's free domain at this point. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So it can go anywhere, technically, but Tubi grabbed it. But yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because I mean, we all know that. Uh, I mean, did Stephen King uh, win the uh, lawsuit about uh, Lawnmower Man? I don't know. I don't think he did. Actually, I think he did lose that. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can't win them all, man. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's funny because you know he made a big thing about. You know, not being anything like the story, only in name, and that's it. And now I haven't read the original story, so I can't really say what the differences are. Yeah. But um, I was watching it, and, you know, it has, as we said, the the Stephen King tropes, the overzealous, you know, preacher, yeah. uh, you know, over-the-top, mm-hmm. you know, bully, townie, and, you know, it's I was thinking watching it like this must be the most Stephen King film that isn't Stephen King. Yeah, no, that's that's I completely agree with you, but the original story, Job, the 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 yeah. the guy, he was actually not challenged in any way. He was a vegetable. He was like a blank slate, which is what they tried to use in the virtual space to to get him to do his thing. It wasn't even called the Lawnmower Man. They were just like, What would happen if this guy became a cybernetic god? You know, basically. And that's where it was. So he was kind of like a blank slate brain. And it wasn't called The Lawnmower Man. And <laughs> it was interesting. It was interesting. It was fun. But it was it was far scarier. Let's put it that way. <laughs> on yeah. the paper. On the page. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing about Stephen King. It, it's always scarier on the page. And, uh... I don't know, brother. 
I don't know. Zelda and Pet Cemetery. I think she holds the crown for straight up freaking people out. Oh yeah. Hands down. Zelda and Pet Cemetery is really fucking freaky. Uh Mr. Barlow. Original OG Mr. Barlow from Slot yeah. 79. I was scared shitless of him. The Shining Twins, probably more effective on film than they are in the book. Absolutely. Grady Twins are mortifying. I now, would probably back that up. Now, with, the penny, with, penny, with us. Exactly. Now, it, uh, is, he's more, uh, in the book, it, what's the story, uh, the, the spider deal? Is he, is there a spider in the end of the book, or was that changed for the movie? No, the, the, the actual ritual of Chud, or Cahood, or however you want to pronounce it, that they do at the end of the, at the end of, uh, it, the second half when they're adults, it's really actually fucking unfilmable. Like, I cannot picture a way with any technology we have today, whether it be wire harnesses, green screen, blue screen, set on set, like, anything yeah. that could possibly recreate that possibly correctly. Like, what they did as the ritual of shoot in the movie was not what it was in the book by any means. There was no spider. In in any version of the book, is there a spider? That's not what he becomes at the end, and I don't want to spoil it. So, all right, okay. He becomes God. He already is God. Wait, oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, Langoliers catch a lot of hate. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. You know, one of my favorite made-for-TVs. Whenever I would love to watch that when I'm sick. I know if I'm gonna die, I gotta watch the Langoliers one more time. So, and it's four hours, so like you have no excuse but to like just lay there, and that's it. It is one, yeah. That could be a big part of it. it you know, it takes up a lot of your time while you're the away. stand was a big sick day one for me because like yeah. six hours. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I gotta have time to go this cool, and just lay on the couch. Yeah, nice. you want me to scare the little girl? <laughs> I love that one. I do. I really do. It's nuts. But I love it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Bill Coyne, what's your favorite Stephen King adaptation over there? Trying to think. That's my favorite Stephen King adaptation. And it's funny because it feels like, you know, I was probably the original Salem's Lot. Okay. I, I respect that. that. I respect that. I mean, it's just by. <laughs> I mean, he's a great writer. There's no denying that. You know, right. I mean, it took me a long time to basically you always start reading and stuff because I'm not the greatest reader, but I wanted to become a better reader. I did cliff notes a lot when I was really young, and I mm-hmm. learned the benefit of that instead of seeing the negative side of cliff notes, like learning stuff, you know, later to go back and find the important stuff. But I read cliff notes when I was younger, so I kind of really tried to understand them. But Pet Cemetery was probably like the first one I, I, I got through. And I, with, with my learning disability, it's, it's easier for me to read something when there's a narrative and I can actually listen to it. So when Michael C. Hall basically did the audiobook, mm-hmm. it was, made it much easier for me to complete that. And I have some other stuff I do own by him. But if I had the actual audiobooks, it would make it easier for me to actually read his stuff. It's just, it's just how, it's how I learn. You know, it's how I enjoy reading to really fully comprehend everything. 
Kind of. Yeah, I, I can dig on that. I'm, I'm getting into audiobooks heavy again myself. During COVID, I was listening to a lot of audiobooks, but I started uh, the Amityville Horror. I'm working my way through now, which is nice. I mean, Fantastic. I think audiobooks have proved to be something so beneficial recently. I'm really considering taking the course of this project that I'm working on, where it's supposed to be a feature film, and turn it into an audiobook. So, and still be at the helm. But I think it will be a different series of circumstances than dealing with actual production. I considered it for the project, the book project I'm working on. Somebody pitched something audio based from it to me. And I was just like, kind of let me get this out in the world first and see if people even like it. Because it's like, it's going to be a lot of work. And I don't want to waste all that time if it gets reviewed, bombed, and shot in the moon. You know what I mean? Like, so I'd rather I'd rather get it out there. But no, I, I appreciate audiobooks. I do, even though I'm an avid book reader, like actual books. I still appreciate it because it gives people that may not not to, through no fault of their own, um, that may not have the intention span to sit and read an actual full page of the book but while they're working on something or doing they can throw an audiobook on and still absorb that narrative absorb that story feel all those emotions without having that really stupid like almost i want to say arrogant snobby gatekeeping thing like oh you can't fucking read where you're an idiot like no fuck you like people have disabilities and that's okay like that's why we have audiobooks that's why we have options for people new routes for people to consume this really 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 awesome awesome, awesome, awesome collection of stories, you know? Yeah. And I find after I actually do an audio book and read along and I go to something else or I don't have an audio book, it becomes easier to actually read. So, I've heard that too. So, I've heard that too. So it's been a process because I, I one book I read years ago of Kings that I completely forgot about, but I remember loving it, was The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon. And oh, hell yeah. And that was like kind of like the first book I actually completed. Mm-hmm. Amen. And then it was after that because I already know or knew about his other books. And then it was like uh, Pet Cemetery was the next book I picked up. And it took years before I actually read it, but I was so happy that I did mm-hmm. because of the audiobook. And now that there's more people doing his books, yeah, I think it kind of makes it easier to kind of do an audiobook for one book and then actually read the book. Uh, I'm actually, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I'm actually really excited because the rumor I've heard is that the, the new audiobook for Pet Cemetery was narrated by Michael C. Hall. Yeah. Yeah. And that was incredible. He did such a good job giving that page, those pages, life. And he made them a, such a fast read. Yeah. He, gave, he made it sinister and pulsing and just malicious and evil. And it was, it felt, it felt rotten. You know what I mean? Yeah. And somehow he managed to completely detach himself from Dexter when he did it, which was even more impressive. Yeah. Cause all I see when I see Michael C. Hall now is Dexter. Right. Like, you know what I mean? So it was really great. And I heard that he's also doing the new audiobook adaptation of Salem's Lot to tie in with the, the new movie. Oh, cool. So that would be uh, something I would buy in a heartbeat because I would love to hear him do that book. That's my favorite King book too. Coin is Salem's Lot. So 
I would listen to that like on repeat five times in a row, no, without blinking. Well, I would actually buy the book as soon as that audio drops. I yeah. would buy the book and I would buy the actual whatever it is app um, for the audio book and, well, and do both. Absolutely, if, if it is all. The the last thing this house needs is another copy of the Salem Lot, Salem's Lot novel. Yeah. Okay, I think I have fifteen individual editions of that book. Hey. Hey, if it makes you feel any better, I do have uh, the novel version of Return to Salem's Lot. No, you don't. That's not even a thing, is it? I'm sure it's somewhere. I'm sure it's, it's not by Stephen King, though. No, no, they do uh-huh. novelization. No, no, no. Novelization of it. No, no. Well, you have so much Salem's Lot, I might as well give you Salem's Lot. It was, it was, it was, the, hand, it was the handwritten notes of Larry Cohen and James Dixon. Yes. But every time you read it, you have to read it like Larry Cohen. Amen. Is Larry, Amen. Is Larry Cohen making a cameo so we can put it on the flyer? Well, I heard, all I heard just now was pineapple. Pineapple. Uh-oh. Oh shit, Larry! What the fuck do you kids want? Oh, <laughs> I was taking a nice nap <laughs> on the other side, and you woke me up. I was sleeping with two beautiful women whose names I can't disclose. I don't believe that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mister Cohen. I'm calling you a dirty liar. <laughs> you know what? I am a dirty liar because I was sleeping with a, bi- a baby chicken. And, a, and another baby chicken. So that I, makes way more sense. Yes. Way so more sense. I had two chicks in bed, which <laughs> that's what I meant, wise ass. <laughs> well, we wanted to uh, bring you on, uh, Larry, to ask you your your feelings on 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 Stephen King and his influence on the horror genre. Steve King probably has to be. One of the best goddamn writers ever. No holds barred. I don't know what to say about the man that hasn't been said before. He can walk on water like Jesus, from what I hear, at certain angles to see him at certain points during the day. I believe that. <clears throat> He's a mystical unicorn of a man that basically sets his own parameters with whatever the fuck he wants to do. There is an untapped bridal genius inside of that gore-filled brain of his. Mm-hmm. And he does it so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Brilliant, man. <laughs> I couldn't say it better. Oh, Larry. We miss you, Larry. 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 No, we miss Larry. We don't want to joke around about that. We definitely miss Larry. But, Larry, maybe it's time for you to go get your Christmas candy ready. You know what I mean? I'm Jewish. What the hell are you talking about? Oh, Halloween candy. My bad. You're digging the, you're digging the grave here, Matt. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Not Jesus, though, I guess. <laughs> yeah, let me go play with my Hanukkah bush. Thanks a lot over there. <laughs> Come on. Be nice. We invited you on the show and everything. Come on. Seriously. You woke me up. I'm not in a good mood, but I'm here. So You're the one who gave us... You gave the one who gave us a trigger word to summon you from the dead. That's true. Yeah, I know. I know I said that, but I think when... It, I mean, come on. who Who's in the greatest state of mind when they when they get woken up with two baby chickens in that bed? That's true. <laughs> I would have never admitted you were in bed with baby chickens. 
That's weird. <laughs> well, maybe the fact that they were also chicken McNuggets. All right, wait, wait. Before we, before we, before we tell you to fuck off back to the nether, I got a question. So, like, is there really just no rules in the afterlife? Can you just, like, like the chickens, like, nobody cares? It's just like, yeah, you're fucking chickens. It's fine. I just want to know. Well, I want to know what I'm in for. Basically, in the afterlife, you can do whatever you want. But I, I corrected myself at the end there. Because I really wanted chicken nuggets before I went to bed. And that's I actually, what happened. Gotcha. And that's, that's what happened. happened. I, I tried to sound, sound cool, but apparently I just sound like a giant asshole. You, manif- you manifested the, the, the baby chickens. But then you were like, when in Rome, and you grabbed the KY jelly, and the rest was history. It's it depends how the story unfolds. You never know what happens on Wednesday nights up here. I can't even go into it. Oh, but you man. know what? All I can say is it's a good time. We like to have a good time in the afterlife, no matter what. All right, cool. Glad I'm going to hell. I'm with it, Bubba. Yeah, it sounds good, though. Cohen, I'm in. Been, it's been a pleasure. What are you doing for Halloween, Cohen, before you leave? You guys doing anything up there? Yeah. Um, I'm actually, me and Burt Lancaster are actually thinking of uh, – Taking a few eggs and going over by the pearly gates and maybe actually hide behind some clouds. And then when it strikes uh, 1139 Halloween night, we're just going to start hecking eggs at the pearly gates and hide behind the clouds and have St. Peter come out and say, you damn kids. And then we're just going to be turning around laughing. Me and you're gonna prank, so what you're saying is you're going to prank God. We 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 pull pranks up here all the time. I mean, if if you think Ghoulies Three, you know, prank, we had a lot of stuff going on up here. We, we prank but, every single day. But like, what if God get pisses pissed at you and just like reduces your entire soul to like steam and pile of ash? He knows how to forgive. Oh, <laughs> I, I guess so. I guess so. Lots of fictional characters. And then there's repent. We repent in the afterlife in certain circumstances, but don't we all, even when we're living for Christ? Yeah, you say sorry, and it's pre-ticket up. Gotcha. Fair. You know about the baloney? Yeah, some little asshole PA did that to me in New York back when I was uh, making Q. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Why? Why? What'd you do to him? I don't know, but I think Moriarty lost the bet, and he had to do it. I think he lied about it. He said it was a kid that did it. That makes sense. That sounds more likely than anything else. He was saying he was possibly doing a movie where his character's name might have been Harry Potter. Oh, God. Now, is there anything going on with Harry Potter since I've been gone? No. <laughs> I don't even think since you you were here, I don't think there was much going on with Harry Potter. Yeah, you're not that far gone, man. Um, I'm pretty sure they wrapped that up like seven, eight years ago now. Yeah. Give or take. I thought yeah. they would have made a few more films. I like those movies. Oh yeah, no, he's right. He's right. The Fantastic Beast movies. He's missed out on that. Oh, Pile okay. of shit. Nah, man, you're not missing anything. They're 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 not yeah, good. No, well, you you saw the good stuff before you died. Well, you, I'm, you, glad, I'm glad I did. I'm glad you know. I did. Now, you definitely checked out before the series went into the toilet. That's for sure. Yeah, we just I just noticed Angela Lansbury just, uh, you know, uh, come in uh, the other day. Yeah, how she and, um, You know, I'll tell you one thing. The woman, she ages like a fine wine. 
She still looks amazing. You've been in the afterlife. Yeah, did you go talk to her? Yeah, I did. How can you not? I mean, you know, it's Mrs. Potts yeah. from Beauty and the Beast. She's a pretty distinguished chick, you know. She's done oh a lot. God, she's damn, like, I mean, damn. She's so smart. I mean, I saw that video of her when she was in a bubble bath and she was talking about how beautiful femininity is. And I just said, uh, it just woke me up something internally. And I, I fell in love with her. And I, still I can do. get down with that. That's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Amen. Sweet like candy. So we're going to send you off to get your candy ready. All right. Thank you very much, Mr. Sombrero, who looks like a lawn gnome. I mean, Men Eastwood, baby. Clint Eastwood was a good. Is they don't good. read in the afterlife? What? They don't read in the afterlife? Yes, we do read in the afterlife. Is all audiobooks in the afterlife? Is that what we're playing with? Well, we have a contractor who basically has to go down to hell to figure something out with the audiobooks, but we get the best ones around out there, too. All right, fair enough. You got a lot of time for reading. You don't need audiobooks. Not me? Well, Larry, it's been a pleasure, dude. We'll catch you. We'll like catch always, you on. I enjoy you guys on here with the Dead Kids of Dairy or whatever we're doing tonight. This is it's always fun. And a pleasure seeing you find gentlemen. Happy Halloween, Larry. Happy, Happy Halloween. Halloween, brother. Happy Halloween, one and all. What a beautiful thing. Well, I'll take our, tip our toes together, tap them together, and Billy Coyne will be back. <sighs> Billy's back. I see him. Billy, you there? Is that you? Is that huh? you in full what? form? Huh? Oh. Yeah, well, uh, what's going on? I, I, I was just thinking of pineapples for some reason. I've never yeah, been... see, that's what happens. Well, you know. Don't say the P word, because I don't want to think about it anymore. I'm salivating internally for some mm. reason. They are delicious. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, good to have you back, Billy. It's good to be back. You know? It's good to be somewhere, anywhere. That's true. Amen to that. You know, Stephen King can't even be killed. <laughs> you know, I remember uh, many years ago, it was like 10 years, 15 years ago now, maybe even more, somebody tried to run him down, or maybe not try, maybe it was an accident, but uh, I believe those people disappeared, or they died, or something, something weird happened with the people that almost killed Something them. very terrible happened to the people that almost killed Billy, uh, our, our good friend, Mr. King. Um, freak accident, they claim. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, like car rolled under a fucking semi they got flattened like it was brutal oh those are the people that hit him yeah oh really that's what i heard that did is they, what did i the heard truck have a big goblin face on the front of it <laughs> no nah, it was not maximum overdrive's green goblin but right. they definitely that's what i heard they they paid for their hit and run in the worst way possible <laughs> That's, yeah, that's insane. I remember that. That was like a close call of death. I remember actually being like a little worried when I heard about that at first. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. He was, he was seconds from punching his clock. Let's put it that way from, from the story that I've heard over the years. Yeah, and, and when he was about to go to the afterlife, the devil was like, shit, man, this guy gives me nightmares. I'm sending him back. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, hell no. Oh, I'm all yeah. set with you, you crazy, crazy motherfucker no, from Maine. No, Goodbye. No. Mr. Stephen King can stay up there a few more years before we have to deal with him. I back that. 
I wonder if he had had any like like if that was like a near death. Yeah, if he has personal stories <clears throat> about him seeing something when he was under it, I'd, I'd be curious to ask him. Interesting. A lot of people That's do. That's his you know. next story. From the afterlife. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure he's got a few books out there that'll be released after death. Mm-hmm. Everything sure. like like you said, how Carrie he gave up on for a while, then came back to. I'm sure a whole bunch of those books will get released after he dies. People uh, rumor. I mean, it's it's Stephen King. He's like one of the biggest horror icons. Yeah, he might be the biggest horror icon to ever exist. I think he might be. Yeah, <clears throat> and the rumor mill that churns about that guy, especially in the 80s and 90s, and like what he's working on, what he's not working on, what he's put in the shelf because the minute that people found out that he shelved pet cemetery for like a year before he finished it like yeah. oh he must be shelving all kinds of sequels for all kinds of stuff mm. you know what i mean he must not want to do it yet he wants to he wants to bring it out later or something yeah. and it's just like maybe who knows what's in those file cabinets you know what i mean like yeah i think but you can't guarantee it i think that there's probably there'll be some lost books when he passes for sure definitely i think so too did anybody check out that Romero's last film that just came out? The uh, the role of the amusement park. The amusement park. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. I saw it. I bought it on the on the old Blu-ray. I see. Weird. It. I buy the Blu-ray. Yeah, I see it on Amazon. It's very weird. Very, yeah. very unsettling. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go as far as to say it is scary, mm. but it is very unsettling, and it definitely keeps you off balance. Interesting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like I'll pick it up. No, it's streaming. You know, I um, is it, oh, on Shutter or something. Yeah, it's on Shutter. Yeah, I've heard I've heard a lot of good things though. You know, so lost. Yeah, you know, there's a you know he had a lost one. Uh, Orson Welles had a lost film. I even think Bundanovich had a lost film when he died. Well, there was uh, even a three-hour cut that was just found of Martin. Yeah, yeah. They keep saying that the 4K of that's coming out. So that'd be cool. Uh-huh. It's a classic. Martin. Who's the actor that plays Martin? John John Amplis. Yes, yes, yes. Good guy. Good guy. Friends with him on the book. Right. Uh, he would make a good cameo for Abigail. Ooh. Ooh. Probably, probably. It would, though. It probably. would, though. I'd love to get him. I feel like he's young. Yeah. He's, 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 he's right up the, uh, the uh, sensibilities we're looking for. Yeah. You know, so it would work. If you hear that, sir, come talk to me. Word up. You know what I mean? One day, fly down. You would fly out. Minimal hassle. Hell yeah. Exactly. We should do a con in Pittsburgh. Huh? What'd you say? In Pittsburgh. What about it? Venture. Venture out a little more. Not in the immediate future. To actually plan something out at a certain point. Like Ramiro stock? Yeah, just to like, you know, I mean, I know we do a lot of stuff here in New England. You know, I used to actually maybe do a small little bench to figure something out, just check out some other. It grows fast. That was pretty close. That was, uh, I forget which weird Pennsylvania that was. Yeah, Yeah, but uh, I don't know if we can do another drive like the last drive. It won't be like that, dude. I'm not going to say anything else, but it won't be anything else. (laughs) All I have to say, okay, 
if, if, if we, are we? ever doing that, everyone has to take a shower before we go. Yes. <laughs> I have a, a strict shower policy before getting into a long car for a long drive. What the fuck happened on there? Oh. Ask me. Tell me later. Tell me later. Yeah, yeah, tell, yeah we'll tell you later. Oh, but I, I, I need a good laugh. I'm, I'm going to listen to this. Story. Yeah, no, uh, no. I, I, got, I got questions. We all have our questions. <laughs> Honestly, I'm sorry, James. I thought you already knew the entire story. No, no. I, I've got bits and chunks, but I didn't, like, the way you guys are describing it, it went, it was a much longer endeavor than I thought. Um, so, yeah. It was a That's why you did notice that you guys were talking about it. My face just kind of shriveled into, like, a... <laughs> I was bent over in my car. I hadn't laughed that hard in a very long time when they told me this, and we'll fill you in afterwards. I'm glad somebody could laugh at it. It was very traumatic. traumatic. I didn't laugh at everyone's trauma. I'm just a narcissistic sociopath. I'm sorry. Yeah, I do that too. It was the most traumatic experience uh, 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 ever. (laughs) One of the days I want to get everybody involved onto a show and talk about it. So people out there that are involved that are watching this now all appalled. Maybe you'll get that call. Maybe we'll see. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting Maybe Maddie story. should write a tell-all. I don't want the world to know about these stories for my own personal sake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rule number one, I, I've thought about that, but if I'm going to release a tell-all, it'll be like <laughs> it'll be released when I die. Because, you know, there you go. That's it. The final fuck you. Everyone gets thrown under the bus. <laughs> Everyone. That James Lamont, he promised to pay me $5 million. Oh, my rule. Dude, I can see that like going like some kind of like hacker shit where it's like on a time release and it just like drops on your fucking timeline all of these facts you're spitting out of your, your tell-all book. Yeah. I, like, here's all I would do. I would just look at it, I'd read it, and it's promised to pay me $5 million, and you never did. I'm like, no, it didn't. I just fucking go away. Like, that's so ludicrous. But I bet you somebody would believe it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> True. Alexander Hoke, you got more Stephen King talk? What do we think? And this is probably rounding up. Yeah, I think, I think um, we pretty much hit most of the stuff. I mean, uh, the main purpose of it was I just wanted to talk about, you know, I mean, Stephen King, I think uh, we've all on the same consensus that there's no one who is uh, given so much to the horror genre. Yeah. I mean, it's many great stories. I mean, uh, and, and, and boogeyman over the years that uh, Stephen King is one of the kind. And uh, we, we are uh, so honored to, Still have them with us and still yes. bringing out good stuff. Absolutely. I'm sure. You know, we always make fun and jokes on dead kids, but we got nothing but love for Stephen King. Uh, we, we love Stephen King totally. Films. Yeah, it's all it's all because it, it is all from a place of love. Even even the movies I don't like so much. Yeah. I'm still like, well, I know they're based on a dope story. So I'll still watch that. This is my serious face. We love you, Stephen. <laughs> for once. I like that. Look at that. He held right. it for like seconds. <clears throat> I think it's hurting his face now. You can now release it. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely think it's holding his face. That's for sure. Split a splatter. 
Well, happy Halloween, Stephen King. If you're listening, we dedicate this episode to you. Uh, if anybody out there has enjoyed this episode, like I hope they did, you know, of course, you got to check out the Dead Kids of Derry if you don't already, wherever you would listen to a podcast. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is uh, us four individuals and Jess. Big shout out to Jess. I think she'll be on the the other segment of Big Halloween special. Mixing it up a bit. All right. Uh, do you guys want to tell the folks uh, anything you, you promote anything locally right now, James? I know you got a Indiegogo going, and yeah, we're uh, uh, it came from the Flyway Productions is working on its first feature film. Ah! Big, big, very pomp and circumstance, very cool, very special, very awesome. Um, script is amazing. I know I wrote it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's called Abigail, it's actually a re imagining of a short film we did a couple of years ago called the box and on top of a litany an entire like who's who of great talent in um new england for the horror filmmaking we also have the hawk himself playing the role of thomas in the abigail and if you guys want to donate you can go to it came from the five weight productions on facebook it came from five weight on instagram um you can follow me, James Lamond, on on the Facebook, or follow me, James and the Giant Leech, on yeah. Instagram. I like that. Um, yeah, I thought of that the other day. I thought it was fun. <laughs> uh, and that's about it. Everybody else, I mean, this thing's gotten out there quite a bit. A lot of people talking about it. A lot of people are excited. I'm excited. Super so stoked. Excited. Super stoked to work with Hawk finally. Oh yeah. Super stoked to bring I in more these people. Years. After I mean, all these could, fucking years, I'm finally going to work on years underneath my bedroom window with a big boombox saying, Alex, I need you in my movies. Basically, yeah. That's what I did. That's what I did. I had like two sequels before this that I was thinking of doing. I was like, Hawk, Hawk, I need you. And it was, it was intense. And it was yeah, like, no. And like, no, no one, no one has done John Cusack for me before. So there you go. After. There you go. It worked. It works. Yes, please. Just and if you um just want to go straight to Indiegogo and check out the campaign itself, go to Indiegogo.com. Type in Abigail in the search, and we are the top listening for Abigail. So there you go. Okay. And check that out. Donate if you can. Get some awesome perks. And if you can't, well, cool. Come back later. (laughs) Yeah. If you can donate, share. That's what I always say. If you can't donate, share it. You know, get the get Amen to that. Yep, share it too. That's another thing. It's a button right on the front page. Share it. Billy Coin, what do you got popping? Well, I'm an associate producer on Abigail. Um, as well, I think I do have the gig of possibly doing a makeup effect for James. We- we still got to talk about that. No, we still got to talk. Yeah, I mean, I know we still got to talk, but yeah. Yeah, we still got to talk about it. Let's, let's not no, jump I don't the gun really... on that. You, yeah. are an, you are absolutely 100% an associate producer, and I'm ha- very proud to have you on there as a title for associate producer. Yeah, no, and, and I would love to, you know, contribute something, you know, for a makeup effect for you guys. But yeah, I mean, we'll definitely talk more in depth yeah. you know, about that. Yeah, I don't want to pull the trigger on and no, okay, unless yeah. we've we've gone over the details and like what we're exactly, going to yeah. plan. Is, you know if, I mean? if anything, we're we're in talks. And yes, there you go. We're in talks. We're, we're, in talks. Talks. we're, we're in talks. Yeah, we're um, in talks. As well, um, basically, 
this project I was going to be directing is kind of taking shifting course. We're kind of going through a re-evaluation um, to still make it into something, but how to possibly transfer it to a different medium um, or just do something a little different than what the original initial intentions were coming into this. And um, as well, I'm just going to get back to my 40-hour work week and afterwards get back into puppet fabricating for something else I'm directing, actually, for Boombastic, which is further down the road. But fabrication is a lengthy process. No matter how you cut it. You just did the panel, which is big times. you know. We'll- yeah. Yeah, and I had the the makeup effects panel this weekend at the Monster Expo. I also moderated the Crimson Letters and Bloody Brushes panel, um, and that was fun. And, yeah, I'm just looking forward to whatever gets thrown at me next. If it's something I can catch and execute, or if it's just, uh, you know, catch, assess, help out if I can. If I can't, then... So be it. Okay. I dig that, man. For sure. Yeah. Well, you know, it's been a pleasure having you guys a part of the Horror Week 2022 edition. You know what I mean? Amen. Mint Eastwood is very pleased and the jester is happier than ever. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So we'll catch you guys on the next episode of the Dead Kids of Derry. And uh, everybody out there listening, catch these gentlemen ourselves and Jess on the Dead Kids of Derry, wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's get back to some Halloween activities. <laughs> <laughs>